Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Real Women in Conversation. This is Dr. J here with my guest today, Ms. Savannah Haywood, who's going to speak to us about fostering children. Ms. Haywood, good morning. Welcome good to the morning. broadcast. Good morning, Dr. Stewart. Happy to be here again. Um, happy to share my experience with being a, a foster mom. I've been doing this for about six years now. And I've had about three placements um, working with the Department of um, Human Resources here in Madison County. My experience has been a very good experience, um, positive experience. Um, there's a lot that goes along with fostering in terms of the responsibility, the commitment on the part of the, the foster parents with going to classes, getting licensed, doing home studies, home visits. So there is a lot of work. But at the end, you realize that there's a life that you're impacting and that you're making a difference in a child's life. Um, some of the placements have been short-term, some long-term. But whether short-term or long-term, they've left a lasting impression on my life. So it's really been a good experience for me. I know that you started doing foster care of children when uh, you had a thriving career. Yes. So my question <laughs> is, why did you get started? How did you get started? What motivated you? Funny you should ask that. While I was at the height of my career, I was also experiencing walking through a divorce at the same time. And, and prior to that, it always talked about um, adopting a child, you know, or being a foster parent or parents at that time. So um, after the divorce, you know, having... A moment with myself and talking and say hey what do you still think about this is it something you want to do you feel that you can do and I thought yeah why can't I do this why shouldn't I feel that you know a child still could benefit that I had something you know to offer to some little person out there so that's how I decided to go ahead and start um, being a foster mom getting my license and it is a balancing act as with um, single moms or married um, couples who have children that are their own and that's the thing with foster children you know you welcome them into your home it's just the norm you treat them as you would your own children um, if you have a large family you know I'm really big with carving time out for myself so the balance between having a career you know and then now being a foster mom with an infant and what was key also is having a good strong support system and I've always had that, so that support system, it makes a world of difference. Okay, two things. You mentioned getting licensed. What's involved in that process? Um, you would be connected with a social worker, caseworker, and they simply require you to attend courses. They teach you about the policies of the Department of Human Resources. They also have foster parents or adoptive parents to come in and to speak at the end of the class to um, tell you about their experience. So any questions that you may have, you can get those answered. And it kind of drops you down in the center to know what to expect. Although you won't fully know until you actually have a child that's in your care but you will have to go through the process. They have respite, but they also have where you could be a foster mom. And some um, individuals want to adopt only. They're only interested in children that um, long-term could turn into them actually adopting the child. Okay, how long is this process, this uh, classes and things of that nature? 
If I'm not mistaken, I attended courses maybe anywhere from six to eight weeks, um, one day out of the week, in the evening, maybe about two hours. And that's with the classes, that's just the beginning process. You have your home visit that you would have to do. There is a water safety course that you have to go through. There's a CPR training that you have to complete. Um, they do a very, very thorough background um, check on individuals. Um, you have to write. They also want to know why do you want to become a foster you know, parent. So there is a lot that goes into that process before you are actually lic licensed. That's, that's good to know. You mentioned respite. Uh, those of, uh, most of us know what foster care and adoption are. What is respite? Um, it's short term. If I needed assistance um, with a foster baby, they would have license as well that they would be able to keep that child, you know, overnight or to babysit, that they're licensed through the Department of Human Resources. So they're well aware of policies, the do's and the don'ts um, of children who are in foster care. You also mentioned the need, the critical need for a support system. Uh, who's in your support system and what would you recommend to others? Um, in my personal support system, um, I have friends, very close friends. I have mentors. Um, I have my mom, who's a very ooh, great part of that support system. Um, I have my sister, who's a part of my support system. And although she lives in, in California, you'd be surprised the type of support that you can get still from out of state. You know that you just need that emotional support. Um, but there are times that um, same thing if it was your child, if you have a doctor's appointment or if you have to go to the school to do X, Y, and Z or you need someone to pick the, the baby up or to pick the child up, get them to school and so forth. So you really, really need that support system and then you need an outlet, you know, as a, a parent so that your life is, is balanced because the more balanced you are, the better you are and so you can offer more to, to the child. I know that you're in the process of adopting one of your foster children. How's that going? Why did you make that decision? Um, I am in the, the process and, and hope that things would um, go in that direction, that it would be finalized. That's something that pretty much unfolded. It was not the initial intent. And with fostering, um, the goal of the Department of Human Resources is always reunification, you know, for families to be with their, their children. If it doesn't work out that way, then um, there are instances where the child may go with um, grandparents or possibly aunts or uncles. And then sometimes um, the foster parent is actually on the list as an option for, for the child. So um, when you're fostering, that's something that you do have to you know take into consideration. Um, I had a conversation the other day, a person who's interested in adopting, and she wanted to know my experience, you know, and what would be the likelihood of her adopting through DHR. So my recommendation is that, you know, she would speak with a caseworker. And so she did. And so you can be on a track to say, hey, I'm interested in adopting only or I'm interested in fostering only, you know, and then you have the option to if it's short term or if it's long term, um, if you would like a boy or a girl or what the age. So. There are options there because at the end of the day, there still needs to be a fit. And just because you know you're the adult and they're the, the child, it doesn't mean that there's always a fit. So sometimes 
the child can be placed somewhere else. The fit, uh, give us a bit more on, on what goes into that fit between you and the child. Uh, my experience, I have not had that issue because I've had infants and toddlers and they are a lot easier to work with, you know, and adapt to environments or situations. But um, I would imagine with older children and some of their background or history or issues that they may have had coming from home, now coming into a new environment, there could be personality conflicts, there could be religious differences, um, things of that nature where it's just not a fit. And it's not that the child would not be provided for or cared for, but that fit is just not there. So they wouldn't necessarily um, force that or make the child stay or make the foster parent keep the child. Oh, excellent. I uh, should indicate to the audience that uh, Ms. Savannah Haywood is an African-American woman, and I uh, think you've cared for African-American children. I have. I, I want to, to know what, is the, what do you see as the importance of the involvement of more African-Americans in the foster care system? I think it would be awesome if there was more involvement. We have a lot of kids who are in foster care, um, as I was told by one of my um, caseworkers in the past, that really need that one-on-one, -on -one, need to see that face that looks like their face. It's not to say that if a child is placed um, in a different household, you know, with race or religion that they wouldn't be loved or taken care of or grow up to be, you know, a wonderful individual in society, but it would just be awesome just to see more faces that look the same way as the, the child, um, just to have that support system and to see, and particularly with our African-American males, you know, that they need that strong male. They need to see that male operating in the, the home, mm -hmm. how to care, you know, for the children or to love the wife or if they go to church or wherever they go to worship and just to see that model. I think it's very important. Oh, excellent. Is there any other information that you uh, would like to share about fostering children in America today? I would think overall, I would like for people to stop and assess just to ask because everyone is not cut out of course for being a foster parent or even adoptive parent but if it's something that they've ever thought about you know to give it serious consideration reach out to um, someone who works for the Department of Human Resource just to get additional information I know that they do reach out to a lot of churches they um, would like for families to foster the kids, adopt the kids. And um, one of the issues is when there's more than one child, when there are siblings. And that's high on the list that a lot of times families are not willing to take in, you know, siblings. And especially if they have children, you know, and then bringing in siblings as opposed to, to one child. So there is a lot to consider. But when you think about the benefit that's at the end of the day that a child's life could be potentially changed because of you, then you just kind of have to weigh that, you know, out and see what is it that I can do, you know, as a citizen, what can I do as a believer, you know, to offer something positive in this world that's going to benefit, you know, another life. Oh, that's excellent. Very useful information. I was just thinking while you were talking 
that I really did not understand. I don't think I personally have the patience mm-hmm. to, to foster the children that you have fostered. I said, uh, she has not explained uh, to you, but I know from personal experience with her and her children that while she was going through that divorce, I told her many times that I think those children saved her life because it gave her an additional purpose to her life and it they brought have. her a level of joy that yes. I didn't think she thought was possible. Yes, I do And uh, I, uh, being an older woman at this time, probably <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't be a good fit for a lot of people. But now that I understand that there's a level of care called respite, that is something I may consider doing as a volunteer in my retirement. So I thank you for this useful information. You're and welcome. I'll definitely uh, consider that, as you say. <laughs> I consider that and talk to someone from DHR and uh, take the class to see if I'm a fit uh, for services to that agency. Any final words or thoughts? No, just happy to be able to share you know, my experience. Um, and as I said, I do get a lot of questions from people because they just don't know or they think that it's something they want to do. I'm always open, you know, and even in terms of uh, adoption, you know, you want to share the information that you, you know, and, and just for people to be mindful also, if I may add, you know, that a lot of times with children foster care and they're on that track to be adopted, you know, keep in mind that the parent, the foster parent is there to protect the child. And so we've heard stories of some of the questions that people, you know, will walk up to them and ask, and you never want to do anything that's going to harm the child, um, expose the child or make the child feel any kind of way. So as foster parents and adoptive parents, you that's first on your list too, to make sure that you protect that child, you know, and that they feel safe. Yeah, just really happy today to be able to, to share my experience. Okay, thank you, Ms. Haywood. Thank you for coming. Listeners, tune in again for Real Women in Conversation.